Hello, Marketeers. Welcome to another episode of AEC Marketeer Podcast, exploring AEC marketing and beyond. I'm your host, Keelan Cox, and I'll be exploring marketing trends and answering your most pressing questions to help you thrive as an AEC Marketeer. All right, Marketeers, thank you for joining me. Today I have on Alicia Washington. Alicia has 18 years of marketing experience in the AEC industry. She's a principal of HRP Associates, Inc., a nationwide environmental consulting firm, and serves as the marketing director and JEDI. Welcome, Alicia. Thank you for having me. So before we get into why I have you on the podcast, which is to talk about a whole host of things involving inclusion, diversity, and recruiting, I'm curious how you got into this industry. What's your story? Yes. Well, for me, I graduated high school in 2001. And at that time, college wasn't really something that we we talked about in my household. Growing up, it was really about working, your work ethic, making sure you provide for yourself, for your family, being independent. So those were my core competencies growing up. And so after I graduated high school, I just, I kept working and um, not until, which only was probably that very summer or not even a year after I graduated, you know, I knew that I wanted to move out, get a better car. So I decided to kind of look for a better paying job at that time. So I did apply for a marketing assistant position in a local town for a small environmental consulting company. And really the only experience I had, I took a keyboarding class in high school and I did take one marketing class in high school that I really enjoyed. I was able to type between 80 to 90 words a minute. So I thought that at least I can have some sort of job in some kind of administrative role. So when I applied for that position, they were not going to hire me. They said I didn't have the experience, obviously, but I told them, I said, just give me two weeks. If you don't think I can do the work after that, just let me go and no hard feelings. And that was 18 years ago. I, I really, just like I think a lot of AEC marketers, once you get into the work, you really enjoy it. The variety of things we can do as marketers. I noticed that instantly. I really loved learning about the built environment. And at the time I was 19 years old. So I was so young, but I was so interested and intrigued. And I also enjoyed the fact that when I left that company, I went to another company and I was in a, a higher role. And then from there, I went to another company was in an even higher role. So the progression of my career in this industry and now where I am today, I mean, it just proves the opportunities are there for, for anyone, including myself, who didn't get my degree until 2012. Right. So in talking to you, And hearing what you've done with your chapter, hearing what you've done with your role at HRP, you've made something very clear to me, which is that recruitment and inclusion and diversity are very tied together. Not necessarily that IND depends on recruiting, but is a real solid supplement to it. So Could you run through how you started your IND initiatives through your chapter and how that's progressed? Sure, sure. So for SMPS Connecticut, I've been involved pretty heavily since 2012. And I noticed just being a person of color, I'm Puerto Rican, and I've always really pretty much only been the person of color in a lot of spaces within this industry. 
And so with the chapter, I noticed that immediately coming in, I always would think about, wow, what could I do to help diversify this organization? And in 2018, I was able to have a conversation with the the leaders of the chapter at that time. And I presented some of the things that I identified as things that we need to work on as a chapter, which included number one, we aren't diverse. The, The chapter is predominantly white female coordinators located in central Connecticut. That's what the membership really comprised of. We don't actively recruit uh, new members. Our marketing content is focused internally. So really the stuff we put out via email or on social media was really focused on just members. We didn't do any programs in the Southern part of the state in Southern Connecticut. Didn't really actively engage technical professionals at the level that we should. And we didn't have any student programs, like any kind of student program to bring in recent high school graduates or even any students, whether they were in colleges or universities. So at that point, when I was able to kind of address those areas, so I really wasn't talking about diversity because I was a little concerned. If I was to bring up diversity back then, and this was before the murder of George Floyd, this was all before that. I was very reluctant to bring up diversity because again, being the environment that I, that I was in was just so not diverse. I didn't know how well it would be received. So I decided to kind of focus on growth and with that, it went over very, very well. And in 2019 is when we formed the DEI task force for our chapter with all of those initiatives in mind and started to focus on really breaking down, all right, how can we change and improve the chapter based on all of these things that we're not doing? How do we get started? Perfect. What I think is so impressive about that is now it's so obvious when we're looking at IND because it's everywhere. 2020 sort of sparked that conversation and made it mainstream. But the work Mm -hmm. you've been doing has been going on for so much longer. So that's one thing I really wanted to highlight in that story. Yeah, yeah. I know that also around that same time when I brought it up to the chapter, I was having conversations here at HRP as well. And there was a meeting that I was invited to that was relative to diversity, where it was the first time in my career where I sat in a room with other people of color talking about business, like Mm -hmm. talking about the work that I do, just having these conversations with people who I can relate to from a cultural standpoint. And the way that I felt in that moment and the way that I felt after, I just knew that this was something that I needed to champion because I've never felt that before. And there's so many of us, when I say us, people who are marginalized or people who are underrepresented, we don't even realize what we're missing Mm -hmm. because we're so used to being in, in this world that we're like the only one. And we kind of had to adjust who we are. We're so accustomed to it that when you finally get put in that position, you just feel so empowered. You feel so heard that after that, I was like, oh, I got to do this and I got to do it everywhere. <laughs> anywhere right. that I can do it. Because if I felt that way, there's so many other people who would want to feel that way too. Yep. 
that's actually a perfect segue into my next question, which is your Jedi role at HRP, which aside from being one of the coolest titles I've ever heard, is also <laughs> pretty progressive. So what has the groundwork been to get your company to invest in that role and the overall initiative? And I guess you might probably have to define Jedi. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. So yeah, so Jedi, so we decided to go with the title Jedi. There's a lot of different acronyms out there, a lot of different ways you can order those acronyms too. But so Jedi stands for Justice, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion. And we wanted to, to have it be Jedi with the J because as an environmental company, we know that there's things relative to the environment that we can stand behind on in terms of legislature and, and policy change and things like that. And that's what JEDI, the J really stands for, is coming, supporting social change in society. And so we knew that at some point we would want to be able to do that. So mm -hmm. we decided to, to keep that J in there. But, but as director, I was appointed the director of JEDI um, in 2019. And I brought up diversity in 2018 in my yearly review. And again, it was kind of all around the time where I was like, okay, we, we need to do something here, obviously. And I say obviously because our industry, the AEC industry is not a diverse industry yeah. overall. So our company is not very diverse with regards to race, gender, sexual orientation, abilities, and things of that nature. So I knew that there was something that we needed to do here. And we also have this strategic goal of growth for our company. So you really can't grow if you're not focused on diversity. So bringing that up to the leaders here was really easy. I mean, HRP is, I'm not just saying this because I work here, but it is one of the best companies to work at in the AEC industry. We have a very flexible, open-minded environment. It's kind of what the company was built on. So the leaders were very open to the conversation and were really, I, there was not a lot of arm twisting I needed to do, but there was a lot of conversation that needed to happen because when we're talking about JEDI and what each acronym means and what, as a company, what do we have to prepare ourselves for? That was a longer discussion. I think the, the leaders were just kind of like, okay, let's do it. What do we got to do? And I had to kind of be like, all right, look, hold on. Let's talk first. <laughs> like, let's, let's kind of understand what we're about to, to do, but they were great. And we knew right away that we were going to have to hire an outside consultant to help us develop the training and get the curriculum, all of that set up, which I know that that is something that I'm hearing from a lot of people in my network that the companies aren't investing in hiring outside consultants. It's really the kind of someone raises their hand to do it. And then they kind of put it on that person in the company who already has a ton of other obligations, of course, hiring that person outside. It's critical to, to the success of the program. So the fact that our leaders were like, absolutely no problem. That was huge. And we were able to hire indelible impressions, y Yvonne Alston. She's amazing. And she's been helping us with our training and training was the first thing we needed to do. We needed to do a cultural assessment of the company. And based on the responses to that assessment, she developed the curriculum to focus on some of the areas where we needed to focus on some of the, our challenging areas. And the one thing that I think when we're talking about Jedi stuff or DEI, you have to do the training first. It's like, that's where you start. 
because people have to understand bias and they have to understand microaggressions and they have to understand allyship and they have to acknowledge disparity where it is. Everyone needs to kind of be on board with the fact that, okay, we're doing this because of this systemic racism, for instance, is real. All those kinds of things need to be understood by the environment. So that way, as you're recruiting and you're starting to diversify, you're not that culture shock that people have when new people start will start to be limited. We want to prevent that a hundred percent, but you're not going to, if you're, if your environment is not prepared for diversity. So it's really important that you hire somebody to help you with the training. That makes such sense. I could easily see a lot of companies just diving straight in to an initiative without the full background. And then you don't really have the buy-in from your employees and it just sort of falls flat. Right. Right. And that's something that's going to happen regardless. I think even if you do the training, cause you're always going to have certain individuals that take a little bit longer, right. To get there. But as long as the company, the leadership is being very supportive of when these moments happen, when someone has a situation and someone has a complaint and we have a process in place to kind of deal with those things, then it's like, okay, this was a mistake, but we're going to get through it. We're going to get through it together. We support you. We're going to continue our training. It proves that we're not, this is not performative, right? Right, Like we are doing this and we care about it. And, and also, like I said, all the conversations I had with leadership before we even started, I made them very aware of this. Like I know what it's like to be the only person of color in an organization. I know what it's like to be discriminated against. I know what it's like to have microaggressions passed to me on a daily basis based on my identity. So knowing that that stuff happens so often, I had to make sure that my leaders who are white men understood that and also understood what to do when it happens. That's such a huge piece of the puzzle, isn't it? It's not only seeing it happen, it's knowing how to react. That's right. So let's dig a little further into the inclusion piece of IND because I know you've done a lot of work there with your own company and you have a very clear and holistic view of inclusion, which I think is actually really refreshing. Could you explain what true inclusion looks like at the company and how you're working towards fostering an environment of open communication? So inclusion is such a big issue for our industry. You think about how segregated our firms are just within the firms, all the different departments, the different regional offices, satellite offices, contract employees, different disciplines, And, you know, with inclusion, making sure that everyone feels welcomed, part of the team can be themselves. There's so many people within the company you just don't know. So many people within the company that you don't speak to enough. And when you do work with certain people, we're always working under pressure and there's deadlines. And so we don't have the opportunity to communicate on a different level outside of the work we do and get a better understanding of who we are as people, what things are happening in in your life from a personal level, even 
to really start to build actual relationships with each other. I just don't think that that's something that we do, especially probably within some of the mid-size or larger companies, because we're just so big and, and so in our own spaces. So I think that Jedi programs and creating those safe spaces to talk and bringing in more people throughout the company, more people who, you know, no one ever sees because they're always on site, bringing them in and giving them a voice that's really where you're going to see real inclusion. And that's my hope for us at HRP and for a lot of firms who are starting their Jedi journey. Recently, I've identified some spaces here at at HRP where I've noticed communication is the biggest issue. It's the foundation of the issue we have. I think a lot of companies have issue with communication, Mm -hmm. but it is What makes communication really successful? Listening, empathy, compassion, understanding. And that is what we have a huge problem with, I think, industry-wide. Because when you think about the way that marketing and the technical staff communicate, there's just this sense of, I need what I need. I need it now. Give it to me. I have a deadline from both sides of the house. Sure. Yeah. No one stops to have a conversation about, well, what challenges are you having? What are you working on? What can I help you with? That, that doesn't really happen because we're all under pressure. The technical staff has client responses and deadlines. We have RFP deadlines and ad deadlines and design deadlines. We need stuff from each other, but we don't communicate well. And we build these walls between us. We don't get to know one another past the work that we do. And that in itself, I think, has become a Jedi issue for us here at HRP. But I think, I think a lot of companies can relate to that. And people probably wouldn't think that that would be considered a Jedi issue, but it is because it's part of the culture. If we don't fix that communication problem, then our culture will stay the way it is. This is a cultural issue across the industry. Like we need to learn how to communicate better and understand one another and have more empathy for the other person and what they're dealing with. And I'm talking very general when I say that. I'm not saying that marketing needs to have more compassion for technical and then technical staff doesn't need to have more compassion for us. I'm saying both sides need to be more compassionate and need to be better listeners. And I think that that's something that is definitely a Jedi issue and that we need to be focused on trying to break down those walls that are between our, our two sides of the house. I also think it was you that sort of introduced me to the communication gap between even we said that marketing, IT, HR is sort of in one bucket. Mm-hmm. And even within there, there's a lot of miscommunication, especially when it comes to recruitment. I know that a lot of firms right now are recruiting marketing and there's like this information gap between even just marketing and HR for HR to understand what marketing needs and vice versa. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Because I think that's a really powerful example. 
Yeah, definitely. I realized this with, I think that all the different departments in an AEC firm and whether you're a huge or small firm, you still have these other departments that are really just focused on what they need to be focused on. And we get it. That's their side of the house. That's their space. But how often do they understand the overall strategic goals of the business? I mean, some companies do make sure that everybody is aware and everyone's kind of working and, and, and pulling this the same direction. But I've realized that there is not a strong understanding of the strategic goal of the business and growing the business and how it relates to what I do, right? Meaning I as IT, I as HR, I as accounting. And I'm not talking about just the leaders of these departments, but also the staff. We all need to work together to keep the business going. And I'm not totally sure on how many organizations are all on the same page about the growth of the business, the business goals, marketing, a business plans for some companies, they change every year for some companies they haven't been touched in decades. But if you're trying to grow your business and you're trying to change the things that you're doing, it's really important that everyone understands what that means. And everyone's kind of pulling in the same direction on the same rope. Right. So then tying this back to marketing, what role do you see marketing and marketers playing in IND initiatives and potentially recruitment as well? So marketers, I'm big on talking up marketers and, and trying to get people to understand the value of mark of AEC marketers. I mean, we bring so much value to the organization. And unfortunately, there's a lot of organizations that don't see that. They really see us through a very small scope. And the thing about marketers and DEI is we know everyone in the company. We pretty right. much know everyone and we know clients. We know the industry. Like we understand so many aspects of the business. So we can identify DEI issues. If every marketer or every marketing department tasked with learning about DEI and taking training and things like that, we would easily be able to identify things in our submissions, the type of companies we team with, things like that. So we're such a great resource for the company. And I think a lot of companies are starting to involve their marketing departments, even if it's just internal marketing of their JEDI program. Um, or taking on the DEI leader role. A lot of marketers are participating in their employee resource groups and things of that nature. So we know that people are starting to bring in more marketers because other firms are doing it. But we can play a significant role in not just DEI, but the overall growing of the business. I just, I feel strongly that a lot of marketers in the industry are just underutilized because people don't see them as extremely valuable to the development of the business. They really see them more as writers, proposal coordinators, but they're so much more valuable than that. When it comes to recruiting, my overall thought on recruiting and relative to DEI is that I feel like when a company takes on the role of diversity, we want to do something about it. The first thing they think of is recruiting because they look at their employees, they look at the general makeup of the company and they're like, oh, well, we're not diverse. So let's just start hiring people of color or more women and things like that. And going back to what I mentioned before, it's not safe to do that when you haven't primed your environment. You haven't done the training. You haven't taught your employees about DEI and microaggressions and allyship and bias and things of that nature. So 
I think that recruiting is important, but you need a full-blown recruiting process. You need people involved. Your HR departments are not that big. So you need to have people who can help schools you want to focus on. Again, when I think about marketers, look at how I got into this industry. I had no experience. I was a teenager and look at where I am now. So we have the ability to diversify the industry, the industry, because we don't need degrees. We don't need professional engineering licenses. We don't need to be registered architects. All we need is to be creative. We need to have a great, strong work ethic. We need to be ready to work. We need to know how to sell the business. We need to be good talkers. That's what we need. And there's a lot of people we are not tapping into right now, specifically right now for people who are changing careers that can be amazing marketers, amazing business development people. So we have the ability to diversify this entire industry by just bringing in more people, different types of people from different areas of this country to to be marketers, for sure. I love that. I'm going to leave that on a strong note. (laughs) (laughs) If our listeners want to get in touch with you or know more about your work, where should I direct them? Oh, I guess my LinkedIn page, you can find me Alicia Mojica Washington um, on LinkedIn. My company is hrpassociates.com is our website. That's where you can find me. I'm also, I'm listed there on the principles page on the website, but LinkedIn is where I am the most. I do lots of chatting and posting and I connect with lots of people. So it's been, this has been really great. And I'm looking forward to talking more about this very subject. Do you also want to plug your podcast? Because that's how I found out about you. Yes. Yes. So HRP associates, not only do we have a podcast, but we have a really awesome YouTube channel and my team here, I have a great team of media professionals who take care of our YouTube channel. We post uh, weekly videos on how to's literally everything we do anything from environmental health and safety to environmental um, engineering and consulting. We have a great podcast that we launch at the last Wednesday of every month. And we use that as an opportunity to bring in clients and teaming partners and talk about things that are relative to the AEC world and the built industry. So you can check us out there again on our website, hrpassociates.com. And you can also find us on LinkedIn as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. This is a really valuable conversation. Great. Thank you so much. This was great. Thank you for the opportunity. All right, Marketeers, that is a wrap on this week's episode of the AEC Marketeer podcast. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Alicia all about inclusion, diversity, and a little bit of recruitment. As always, if you're enjoying this podcast, I invite you to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. New episodes are released every other Wednesday. Chat soon.